Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are located in the world. I'm so excited to finally have this wonderful guest on the show, Deborah Silverman. And if you don't know who Deborah is, she's an internationally recognized astrologer breathing new life into an ancient practice. Deborah has developed a unique psychological spiritual model, combining her expertise in esoteric soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychology to help those go, going through major life changes, especially in crisis. Deborah custom designs her therapeutic approach to each individual using astrology and psychology as a magical healing combination. Deborah specializes in helping thousands of individuals achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements, water, air, earth, and fire. She's the author of The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. Deborah holds a bachelor degree in psychology and dance and a master's degree in clinical psychology. This is her story and this is her passion. Deborah, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I love the name Passion Harvest. Thank you. <laughs> About you har harvest passion. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. That's great. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for the, being on the show. Let's dive in. I know I looked at your website and had a look at a couple of things and you found your life's purpose when you found astrology. Do you mind just briefly discussing that? You know, there's two different kinds of people is my theory. There's people that wander to discover and they learn everything that it's not as far as their purpose or their mission or their goal in this life. And they do multiple things in order to find it. And sometimes they don't even find it. And then there's people that just go, I know what I'm going to do. And I was the second category. I knew about uh, astrology and psychology at a very young age. I, I didn't know I would marry the two, but I was in love with psychology and I was in love with astrology at the sweet age of like high school. And then I went to graduate school and really went deep into the psychological model. And then I made up my own. So it's come from a very deep entrance from a young age of being fascinated by people and uh, never getting bored. That's amazing. And I, I'm digressing here, but I know we're going to get asked the question, oh, how oh. do I find my, what if someone who can't, is, hasn't found their purpose, what's your advice for that? study astrology, go and take the deep dive to actually identify based on the cosmic spiritual influence, what can assist you to actually get the insight or the directive or the shortcut to your purpose, because it's so helpful. Astrology is like a, it's like shorthand. Instead of having to go the long route, it shortens it by saying, here's some suggestions. And usually they're going to resonate with you so strongly. You're going to go, wow. Now that you've mentioned it, yeah, I left behind my singer, or yeah, I used to write, or yeah, I love to build. And that begins the memory of how to help you get back to what you love. So what is esoteric soul-centered astrology, which is what you offer, along exactly. with many other things? 
No, that is the centerpiece of my whole life's work is soul centered astrology. Mm -hmm. There's the old astrology is about the ego and all the things that we want in life and what we want to look like and be like in our achievements and our success. And it's classically developed by the ego's mind. I want it. I want it. I want it. But soul centered astrology is, well, what did your soul want? Because it's conscious, constantly totally different than what your mind wanted. So I pay attention to what did life serve you? You may have thought you were going to be famous or you may have thought you were going to be married or you may have thought you were going to have kids and your ego is like, dun, 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 beep, did not answer. So <laughs> then you come over here and you use the evidence of life. You use the hard evidence to say, what was your soul's agreement? Not what did you think you were going to be? So I spend a lot of my life's work assisting people to come into the here and now and look around at what is and then fall in love with their fate because you can't argue with fate. You can think your mind thinks she wants this and then your destiny said that and then you want to get the two of them in alignment and there's a wonderful sense of peace and comfort that comes from being accepting of what is. Oh, it, it sounds very comforting to me. So most of the, well, a lot of this is based on your birth uh, dates, time of place of birth. A hundred percent. So the chart comes in with the blueprint or a map that describes your character. Mm -hmm. And then you have your ego mind that doesn't even know about astrology, doesn't even know what you agreed to do. You kind of figure it out by getting it wrong. Astrology is like a shortcut, like, wait, let me look at this map. And I didn't believe in it. I started off as a skeptic. I thought, come on, like, how does that even work? Why are the planets influencing us? But after 44 years, it's coming up to 44 years, I realized, whoa, every single reading I do, every single chart I look at is so 100% accurate. Why am I arguing with the stars? It's like arguing with fate. Like you're going to hit your head against the wall for no reason. Why don't you just sit down and study the wall? <laughs> so yeah. I study the stars. And yes, it gives your soul the remembrance of what you agreed to do and then the encouragement to align with that. And then suddenly you're in a flow. Now, most people are in the flow anyway. Like I looked at your chart, you're definitely doing what you came to do. You, you love air and communicating, but there's lots of people who are on the wrong street. So they can't find their life force or they're feeling depressed or they can't figure out the answers. And then I help them realign by using that wonderful blueprint. This is so remarkable. And, and so you help them align and no doubt the healing processes as well as following their soul's path. It's so much easier when you're in the flow with your soul. It's the difference between having that frustrated feeling where you're in the wrong relationship, you're in the wrong job, and you know something's wrong. Like you're like, it's, I don't wake up excited. Like my juju's gone. Like what happened to my fun factor? People always tell me this, they lost their fun. Then they come and study with us. They take my class and they come back and they say to me, oh my God, their husbands call me. She's back. Her life force is back. She's fallen back in love or she's divorcing me and realize she didn't want right. like those realities come back to yourself when you get back to your own voice. And what astrology does is it gives a language, a distinct language for your uniqueness. And therefore, you're not captured by what you should be doing or how they wanted you to be or what you thought was going to be. And there is that alliance. And once that occurs, I have this great job where people write me love letters a lot saying, oh, I studied with you and now I'm back. And it really gives me great, you can imagine the satisfaction as a way shower or a fire starter to see people's fire comes back or their joy comes back. And all I had to do was say, listen, your chart here says that you're simple. You love gardening. Why are you working in a technical job? They're like, oh, I really wanted to be a farmer. I love working with plants. I've always loved flowers. Like give yourself back to what you love. 
Mm. And how specific are the readings in regards to? Well, that's the spooky part. Yeah. It's so specific. It's very detailed. Yeah. So much so today, I don't often do readings. I've trained on my site. I've trained about a dozen well-developed, really skilled astrologers. And, And once in a while I do one today, I did one. And the man had never been exposed, like probably not unlike you open to it, but never had had his reading, never really knew. And in the first few minutes, I dated, gave him the date of the biggest change of his life when he went to Europe and discovered his calling when he was young. And then the second date I gave was when he had a divorce after 20 years. And he was like, how did you know those dates? Well, they're written right here in the stars. There's markers Now you don't have to find your calling or get divorced, but there are markers that say, here's a time when life is going to give you an opportunity to see what you want to do. It's going to push you because we think about things a lot. But when the stars come into alignment, they make things happen. The door opens, the door shuts, and that's what I facilitate. So it's unbelievable. It's it's so accurate. It took me from being a skeptic to a firm believer with no doubt now. I used to say astrology. I didn't believe in astrology, but it believed in me. Like clearly it had a relationship to me. And then as years went by, I realized, wait a minute, I believe in astrology. Without a question now, I can confidently say I firmly believe that the stars are directing us with the wisdom keepers who know how to read the signs. And often you you were just talking about how you pinpointed those specific dates in this man's life. We can also often look at conflict as an opportunity for growth as well, and that must transform things. Well, that's in my book. Yes, that is probably one of the highest roads of my book is the first chapter of my book is called Crisis. Mm-hmm. And, and during COVID, the book went crazy because I knew that one crisis was coming. It was obvious that we can't continue surviving at the consumption level that we live at. And then two, that crisis is the doorway to waking us up. I, I hate to say it, but when things go wrong, the lights come on and everybody comes to and we get we start praying, help, help, and everything wakes up. So crisis, unfortunately, is a doorway to inviting us to wake up and take our responsibility back. So it's up to us to use it as an opportunity to grow or remain stagnant, I, I guess. Yeah, or contract. And we know lots of people that, like I'm you know, in my mid-60s, I know it's surprising, but I see lots of people my age and I think, uh-oh, they got stuck in time somewhere. They stopped eating well. They lost their juju. They got caught in a bad story and didn't get out. And that's what prevents and contracts. And then the crisis becomes a marker and you become identified to the divorce or identified Mm -hmm. to the illness. And that changed everything. And I never recovered. Or you get a good astrologer that goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, come back. Let's look, let's just do a little backup here. Let's review what happened and let me get you back into the groove. And again, it's still their free will or choice to take that opportunity. The whole thing revolves around. That's right. The whole thing. It's all about a decision to say yes to life. And how important, and I know this is related to your congratulations on the book, by the way, but the four elements, how important is that to astrology as well? Well, the foundation of all of astrology is the four elements. It's Egyptian. That was the Egyptian Mm -hmm. model. The basis of all the American Indian and North America, four elements, four directions. I live in Hawaii. Hula is all based on the four elements. It's the, in the tarot deck, the magician, the first stop, it starts off with the fool is a zero card in the tarot deck. You have to be crazy to come to this planet. That's the first card. Then the next stop is the high priestess where you go in and go, uh-oh, 
what did I do coming here? Give me my mission. And then the next card is the magician. And he has four elements sitting on his table. And you can't enter life without understanding water, air, earth, and fire. So it's an ancient model that is a resource that I think we overlook. We don't take, we take it for granted, the water we drink, mm -hmm. the air that we breathe, the food, the, the sun, and those four elements are the centerpiece of everything. I, I like, I'm devoted. I, I, I really literally cherish and worship the four elements as a, an astrologer, but also as a magician or a magician. How do you call a girl magician? A sorceress. Is that right? Well, magician sounds okay. Okay, <laughs> so I'll take it. So, so, so as a magician, which I, I, it's a little funny word to use, but I would say as someone who performs magic in my life and really depends on miracles, it's the four elements that I rely on. Because I and I was having a look at your book. You were you had a, a not. I wouldn't call it a test. I forgot the word you used. It. Which one are you predominantly more of the the elements? And I found that I was incorporated. All of them were incorporated in my nature, well, your my chart, personality. Yeah, you have some mastery. I looked at your chart. You've got some high level um, intelligence oh, <laughs> that you. you think you think ahead. You think about things. You really do have a gift for being able to quickly get something. Probably in school, you were the smart kid that went, I got this. Why are we repeating it? So this is just an indicator that you're operating with all four elements. That's the goal. There's four wheels in a car, mm -hmm. water, air, earth, and fire. If one wheels down, the whole thing goes off. But if you are balanced, water, the emotional, the intuitive, silence, knowing how to be tender. Some people are closed. They turn to ice. They stop feeling. Air, you got to be able to talk and do relationship to get along on this planet. You have to be able to have people to play with and be able to do what you're doing here, learning, staying awake. Mm -hmm. That's air. The, the air heads at their worst, they're scattered. At their best, they're intellectuals. Earth are the people that are super grounded and they get money and they make things and they execute and they organize and they can be a little boring because they're so wanting to get it right, but they are the people that make sure we're on time and we make sure the taxes are paid. They're the practical people. Right. And then the fire people are the fun factor. They're the ones that are having so much athletic and acting and drama and drinking and partying. It's the fun factor. So you need all four of those. And the low level of fire is the addict who can't stop partying. And the high level of fire is the enthusiast who really loves life. And you need to have the sensitivity, the verbal, the practical, and the fun. So the ideal is to balance all four of them and be aware if you're leaning towards one more than the other. hundred percent. That's the goal of the game. And you can very quickly, like in your, your personality type, you really do have a balance. Um, earth is your lower element. It's not your strong suit, the, the practical, but you've got it indirectly, like organizing. You have to work at it, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Do you I'm feel like you're super organized? Is that easy for you? I, I, I do. Yes. I, I feel like I'm generally quite organized. You do actually, you do have, I'm just looking at your chart. You do have all four. You're low in earth in the chart, but you are Virgo rising. I don't know if you knew that. So you've got the gift of organization. So you really do have all four. Louisa, yeah, you're, you're a balanced personality type. Is there anything that you have to tell me that's not necessarily? Well, I think the biggest thing is that you're very advanced. I think the hardest thing about being you is that you, this is the podcast you're doing. You want to bring to us very advanced thoughts that are not limited. I think probably for you being around ordinary people, 
when they're not open-minded is just boring. Like you're like, uh Oh, I got to go. I can't listen to this anymore. You, you have to have stimulation of yes. people that are open-minded. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. My whole life is seems to be open on passion harvest. It's an open book. I have to ask what, what's the most common questions people ask you when they come for a reading? I think Everything from what's my life purpose, I think that's probably the number mm -hmm. one question people are curious what they're doing on the planet, to should I have a baby? Um, am I in the right relationship? Um, why am I so depressed? You know, I am a psychologist, I'm a psychotherapist, so I have right. a degree in clinical psychology. So lots of people need assistance to navigate the twisted part of their character that they can't get comfortable with. And what I'm trying to say, what I do in my readings is say, hello, like in your case, you're an intellect. If you're with someone who's not thinking, it will drive you crazy. You'll find them boring. And then you'll feel bad because you don't want to be judging them, but you'll judge them. Oh my gosh, I do. Not, not in relation, not a romantic relationship, but I sometimes think, oh my gosh, I'm judging people, but you're right. So it's permission on your part and, and everybody's chart to, this is how I put it, falling in love with yourself. Like you have to know that about yourself, that you are going to be around people that are stimulating or you won't want to be around them. You'd rather be alone. And that is a truth about your character. Now, if you came to see me and you said, you know, my husband's super social and he has all these friends that play football and they eat popcorn and they're sitting in the living room and I'm like, oh my God, honey close the door. I'd say to you, well, you need to have your own little room somewhere, you little Pisces, so you can be quiet and be able to study and not be interrupted by someone else's energy. Well, that's good information. If you were married and you were only 25 to a famous basketball player and all they do is talk, that would be a real conflict to your nature. Mm -hmm. And as an astrologer, then I get to say, hey, I want you to be you. And they feel so like, oh my God, thank you so much. They cry. What wonderful work you're doing in the world. It's very satisfying. I'd love to talk, talk about your offerings as well in your book in a minute. But so you can talk about astrology on a personal level, but as a global forecast, can you look at predictions for the future of this See, planet or us, humanity? Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting topic for your chart. You are a futurist. You're someone that loves trends. Are you aware of that? Um, I'd like to that think you like I to am. pay attention to pay attention to what's on the front edge of consciousness? Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I'm aware of that. I mean, I'm fascinated by future memories and future events and well, past past life memories, but I also believe in future memories as well. That's all so happening. So you're, you're, you're a time traveler, said the astrologer. Yes. Your chart is a time traveler. So there's an example where you probably wouldn't have put that into words, but I just did. And then you stop and think about it and go, yeah, I'm a time traveler. I'm going forward and backward in an abstract way that doesn't limit me by other people's limited thought process. You're here to provoke us, to open mm -hmm. up our minds. That's your function. Okay. As an astrologer, when I look at the planet right now, it did not surprise the astrologers that March 2020, the world blew up with COVID. We did not see COVID coming, mm -hmm. but we knew something was coming. It did not surprise the astrologers that our economic situation, our environmental situation, our ecological situation was going to break. Like, it's clear. I mean, that's, that's like, duh. Like, yeah. we can't continue consuming. And I am 
an optimist in that I'm seeing how many people are falling in love with spirituality and time travel and getting out of this reality as we know it and opening it up. I'm a pessimist about our ability to sustain what we thought is gold, which is no longer valuable, sustaining the ways our society grew, sustaining our racism, all that stuff has got to go. And I'm a little concerned as an astrologer at our slow evolution of the human psyche. But your work and what you're doing on this podcast, you're provoking us, you're inspiring us. And that gives me optimism. Like, oh, it's likely that with enough people like us who listen to these podcasts, with enough people who are asking big questions, we're going to blow out of the old structure and prepare ourselves. That's why I love astrology. Look up. Don't get so caught. Look into the past lives and future lives and see how we're a time continuum that isn't limited to just here and now. There's so many realities that coexist right now. It just makes me excited. Think Your chart is very time travel, by the way. Okay. Um. Well, well, that's fascinating. And I, I mean, I'm sure you get asked this question all the time about COVID and I know it's quite specific. Maybe nothing will ever turn, return to normal again, but when will COVID end? I get asked that question all the time. I <laughs> knew that 2021 was not going to be an easy year. And nobody wanted to hear it. So I kind of kept it quiet. I would say we have Jupiter enters Pisces by May, June, there's a little relief then, then it goes back into Aquarius. I would say it's more like 2022 that we begin to feel, I would not use the word normal. Mm -hmm. It's just a setting on the dryer is my favorite line. I don't think normal will ever be back to what it was. I think we'll always be slightly paranoid. There'll be probably other strands as we're already witnessing, you know, it's, it's getting a little bit wild, but more importantly, I think the question is, what can I do? to stabilize myself so I can be a healing agent, so I can be the calm in the storm, so I can be the one that offers wisdom. Like, what can I do to cultivate my function? Mm -hmm. Is it water, learning to meditate and being quiet? Is it air, doing podcasts and stimulating the mind? Is it earth, alternate practical ways to take care of using bamboo, using hemp, figuring out other practical earthbound ways that we will not limit the earth anymore? Is it fire? How do I do joy from a place of healthiness? You know, how do I have fun without indulging too much and hurting myself? Like the real question I'd love to hear from everyone is what are you doing to bring your version of normal or health into this reality? Because our kids are depending on us Mm -hmm. to be the ones that bring in an example that says, we got this. Doesn't matter what's going on. My inner world is an inside job is solid. You can trust me. During COVID, I had the best time on Instagram. There's a couple of famous people who kept calling me and they have, you know, millions of followers. And so suddenly I was exposed to them. And what was so wonderful is I felt so calm. Right. I, my kids came home. It was crazy for the first time in years in my house. I was like in heaven. I was like Jewish mother heaven. Like my kids are home. I'm cooking every night. What happened? Time <laughs> travel. We went backwards and I was in love with them. And what I found was I became the calm in that storm. And I invite everyone to think about that. What will it take for you to change your angle, your attitude from something's wrong to we're growing, we're in difficult growing pains. The analogy I make is if you imagine a woman giving birth and you had never seen it before and she got pregnant and for nine months, you kept seeing this thing growing on her body. You're like, what is going on? And then by the end of it, she's screaming and she's yelling 
And you'd be like, okay, this is too much. That growth on her body was weird, but this is crazy. Take the thing off her. And then the wisdom keepers in the room said, no, uh, 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 sit still, sit down and be calm. And then out comes this baby with these little teeny eyelashes and this little, like, who would have known? But they had never seen it before. Right now we're giving birth and she's screaming and she's yelling and she's sick. So it seems, but that's not true. Something will come of this that we couldn't have predicted that is much more beautiful than we can imagine. But it requires the wisdom keepers, the midwives to sit in that room and go, I trust. That's not easy. And what an incredible visual and a way to describe it. It's, it's, it's hilarious, but very powerful as well. Think about it. If you had never seen, I mean, anyone that's given birth, it's, it's insane. The whole yes. thing's crazy. Not to mention how the baby got in there. Should we talk about that or just leave that out? <laughs> we'll just leave that part out. <laughs> oh, no, if you want to talk about it, please. Well, my, my point is everything from sexuality to birth to death, this is a mystery and it's a strange planet, but we don't talk about that very often. Mm -hmm. We all pretend we're normal. It's the setting on the dryer. I am not normal. What I do know, said the astrologer, is we're at the most exciting time. And for one reason alone, there's 7.5 billion people. We have never on the history of this planet had this many people. So you can only imagine with that much pressure and that much weight and that much stimulus and that much chaos and that much light and that much love and that much pain, of course, we're in an unprecedented time. Well, then your book at this time is quite essential, I guess. Um, I'd love to talk about your book, but you also talk about the angels, how they, or you call it angel money, that they funded you while you wrote your book. That was amazing. Do you mind discussing that? That's the craziest story. It's one of my craziest stories. I was going to make a list of the crazy stories, and that's right up there in the top. A client walked into my house, and she said, Deborah, you have a book in you. And I was supporting my family. I was a single mom, and I was like, I bet I do have a book in me, but I don't have the money to stop time to go write mm -hmm. a book because it requires a lot of time. And she just pulled out her checkbook, and she wrote a check. And I was like, what are you doing? And then a friend walked in right behind her, a very wealthy friend who I adore. And then he, he said, what's that? She was doing, she said, I'm helping Deborah write a book. And then he wrote a check, the same amount, put it down. And then I told the story to one of my dearest friends on the phone that night. And then she wrote a check. Oh my and then, so four people, I never asked. I never asked. I didn't even know I was going to write the book. Before that week was over, four people wrote me a check and I had enough money to go take the year a chunk of the year to go write the book. And that's how, and I don't often tell that story. I'm glad you asked, but they'd never asked me to pay them back. I often think about that. I should just mail them a check each. I'm, I'm going to do that. Anyways, the point of that story is angels are real. And when spirit wants you to do something, I guess it made itself pretty clear, didn't it? Yes, that's wonderful. Um, I'm sure you get, this is a question I get asked quite often. I'm sure you do as well. How do we connect with angels or our spirit or, and what do you mean by spirit? I am a practical person, which is why my astrology is so hands-on when I teach it. It's very grounded. It's not woo woo. I like to, it's called applied astrology, my school. So you can apply it. So when people talk about spirit and angels, I understand the question because it sounds woo woo and over the years, as I said, I'm in my mid-60s, I've come to find out that in no uncertain terms, 
magic is real and that they are really talking to me. And and so I've had, for example, that example, but I can cite so many examples for you where I was like, how did that just happen? And enough of those things happened mm-hmm. where I couldn't argue anymore. You want another example? Sure. You're so good at this. I had uh, about four years ago, I broke my shoulder on a bike accident and nine months went by that I was in so much pain. I couldn't lift it. It was not, and I, I do yoga and I swim and I play tennis and I walk and I hike and I couldn't do any of it for nine months. And I was so upset. And someone taught me this phrase, treat God like a dog, like just scream, come here now. Like, that's it. I'm sick of this pain. So I did it. I was like, I am sick of this pain. I need your help. If you want me to be in this world, you help me. This is a true story. I had a flat downstairs in my apartment, my house. And this man came to my house to stay. Very rarely do I ever, because it's rented for years at a time, but it was open. And he came in downstairs and I went down to give him the lease. And he was a big man from New York City. He apparently was a doctor. He was black. And I was like, in Boulder, where I lived, it was just, I didn't know how he ended up there. It was like, how did you come from New York City to Boulder in my basement to live? And he said, well, I'm on a, um, I'm going to the university in Denver because I'm learning about surgery, um, orthopedic surgery on shoulders. And I was like, what? And he told me he was in a fellowship at the university in Denver on shoulders. And I was like, you're kidding me. And I said, well, that's funny because my shoulder is so sore and it's been so sore for so long. And he said, well, I'm going to give you the name of the best doctor in Denver. Wrote the name down. The next morning I came down to get his paper signed. And he said, you know, I can't live here. This is so silly. I'm too far away from Denver. I'm going to move out right now. I'm not even going to stay another night. And he went off to Denver and I went to that doctor. The doctor put one shot in the back of my shoulder. And from that moment on to this moment, I've never had a moment of pain. And I never saw the guy again. I don't even know his name. Isn't that amazing? Well, hello, if he's watching. Yeah. Do you, just... <laughs> um, do you hear people say they hear angels or I do it sometimes, hear spirit or angels telepathically communicating with you? aside from the actual events or actions that show up? Well, I'm so practical. And part of my astrology practice and how I teach is practical. I Do I hear voices is what you're saying? Do I hear the spirits talk to me? I think at this point I could say yes. I'm skeptical because I'm so, um, what's that word? Like I'm so verbatim, like I'm so practical. I'm like, did I really hear a voice mm. or did I just make that up? So I would say in no uncertain terms, I see the evidence, angel money, healing of my shoulder. I hear or sense, I think more accurate would be intuit directions, and they put me in the right place at the right time. I'm literal is the word I was looking for. I'm not literally going to tell you that someone whispers in my ear and talks to me, although I know many people that that happens to, where they get direct messages. I'm not that person. I get nudges. I get direction pushes. I get assistance. They don't talk to me. I wish they did. I might be scared if I saw one. Have you ever seen one? An angel? Um, no, but I mean, I hear from them all the time, but it, it's, it's the same with, I mean, I hear sort of people from the afterlife all the time that come to me, but if I saw one, I might be kind of terrified. <laughs> I think they make, I think they don't show, but some people see them. Oh, I have seen them. I have seen them, but not, not just like above my bed. That would terrify me. 
Yes, uh, but and so my short answer to your question is yes, they talk to us and yes, they direct us. And no, I do not know how to define spirit. And I'm too practical and too literal to tell you that yeah. I've seen when they talk to me and they look like this. But I can tell you the evidence of magic brought to me by invisible beings is beyond question. And I have a very close relationship with a dead relative <laughs> who... Um, I did hear his voice once. So the answer is yes. And I'm a little bit of the skeptic and yet in no uncertain terms, everybody listening, I believe in you. I believe in you. I do. I do. I do. Yay. <laughs> well, look at your life and how it's unfolded. And I know you've got a couple of new offer. I mean, it's, it's remarkable and what light work you are doing in the world. You're, you've got two new offerings. One is tell me a story. It's a, a teaching program. It makes me want to cry. It came in a dream. That's the other oh, thing. See, I do there, there you go. You're, I mean, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> hello, you're being communicated with. <laughs> yes. Tell me a story. TMAS.com. Tell me a story. It's a wonderful dream that came true. I. Um, it's all about the four elements. It's a writing class. It's a transformational, radical change in people's lives. I have not done one tell me a story group. It's small. It happens once a month. I teach it. You have to be on a wait list. And every month I do one group and it is exquisitely transformational where people's lives change in four short classes. So it's just a writing prompt. There's some music on it's based on the elements. We use my book, the missing element. We find out what you're missing. We insert the missing element during that window of time when you're in tell me a story team us, we call it. And then honestly, I mean, People have lost weight. Two women have lost seven pounds during those classes and never went on a diet. But uh -huh. it's like they, they, they just let go of stuff. Amazing. And the other one I think is called Continued, Continued Stars. What's Continual that about? Stars. That's called CS, ContinualStars.com. I decided because I have a school, which I'd love for you to take. Honestly, Louisa, I think you would love the school is a six week long class. It only happens in January and in September. And you have to get in there. And it's, you know, again, a wait list. And people take this class from all over the world and they study their chart. But it only happens twice a year and it takes a lot of manpower. I have 30 mentors who teach. So oh. I decided continual stars would be every month a class is taught. That's just one hour a week from things like what is astrology to what is the planets to what's the houses. So it's bite-sized bits. And we're just entering this come June um, where I will teach and some of my best mentors will teach. And you can learn astrology like candy. It's kind of, I feel like I'm opening up a candy store. That's good for you. Yes. So you get to eat this. Like you're like my soul, my rising sign. Who knew that my rising sign was my soul? I thought my soul was my sun sign, but an esoteric law why is it called the rising sign or the ascendant? Same word, because that's what you're supposed to be aiming at. So we teach a whole class on just that. So they're little bite-sized bits, low-hanging stars, we call them. Well, it sounds very exciting. As I said before the interview, I know I, I'm you know fascinated by astrology and I do believe in it, but I know very little about it. I'm so honored you're on the show. I'd like to talk about your book, The Missing Element, and congratulations for completing it with the help of the four angels. So true. Yeah, a big congratulations. Um, anyone that wants to connect with you that's listening or watching, all your details will be in the show notes below. But is there any questions that I haven't asked you that you'd like to talk about with the Passion Harvest audience? 
passion harvest. I love that. Harvest passion. Um, I think the most important topic for me is, and you touched it, is that the planet is desperately longing for elders, and it doesn't matter how old you are. We must find those who have the wisdom to be examples of the new heaven and the new earth. We must prepare for the future by being in the future. This is so you. I'm talking straight to you. Yeah. And how does and what does that mean? That means you came in with a promise. Every one of you listening to this, not one person came without a promise. Now you may not remember it, and it may have gotten distorted in the beginning because you're trying to be normal. But I'm pro and I promise you that the deeper you find comfort in the power, you know, in my room, I have the 12 signs on my wall. I'm always looking up to them. I just did this. I got a Christmas gift from my team. I don't know if you know this. I have a company of 50 women. Wow. And, um, and all because they're all astrologers now and they're all trained and it's beautiful to see. But one of the gifts they gave me was this. And it was it's my way of saying every day in my bedroom that astrology is a matrix that reignites our faith because to be a wisdom keeper and to feel like you can provide something in these times of change, you really have to believe in angels for real. Mm. And because I'm so literal, I've seen astrology's value. And there's so much, by the way, weird astrology out there. People just talk, 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 talk. It's so abstract. It's a jargon. My Neptune's opposite Venus in the second house to the third house, which is in conjunction. Like what? Just tell me if you know how to love or not. I don't want to hear all that. <laughs> So I really simplify it. And if I had a message to all of us, it is please find your authentic self, give yourself back to who you really are and help us get through this transition because she is giving birth. And it requires wisdom keepers and midwives and people that have the ability to have faith to make it through this very small window of trans transformation that we are walking in through right now. What a beautiful message to end our interview. Deborah Silverman, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's been certainly very insightful for me and I'm sure for the audience as well. I think you're wonderful and such a much needed light in the world. <laughs> thank you. I feel the same about you. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.